Welcome to the Real Estate Trainer Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Eisenhower. I'm the CEO and founder of ICC, or Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. ICC is one of the largest real estate coaching companies in the world with thousands of clients and a large team of the most accomplished coaches in the industry who coach many of the highest producing real estate agents, teams, and broker owners in North America. You can find more content on my website, the world's leading production training website for real estate agents at therealestatetrainer.com. That's therealestatetrainer.com. Now on this podcast, I'll share tips, success stories, and training for agents and brokers looking to increase their business income while maintaining a balanced life. So whether you are a new licensee, a solo agent, a real estate team leader, or maybe a team member, a broker owner, or a manager, you are guaranteed to learn something new on each and every podcast episode. There's another phenomena that's happening coming out of COVID right now, and I'm curious if any of you guys have witnessed it. We've got about, we've got quite a few coaches at Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. I think we've got almost 30 of them now. And they all have a bunch of clients from all over North America, basically. And then we get together as coaches and talk. And one of the things that we're hearing en masse from all of our clients is there's just an outrageous number of divorces happening right now. Is anybody noticing that? Like a lot of your friends and coworkers or people you know getting divorced? I mean, there is a, and I got to assume this has something to do with COVID, but a lot of our clients are dealing with multiple cases of, because, you know, when a divorce happens, a home is usually sold in the middle of that divorce more often than not. So they're dealing with a lot of divorced clients. So it's not our clients that are getting divorced. It's our clients dealing with divorces. Are you guys seeing that? I've actually got three divorces um, randomly this last year. Yeah. In, in our friend group, you know. Yeah. Just happening. Just in, in, it's super unusual. There'd been zero for five years. Right. And so people, you know, just in your circle, three of them. Right. Uh, I've got the same. Definitely. I know I have a lot of friends that are going through it right now. An abnormally large number, I should say. I don't know the number, but it's it's a good amount. And then I keep hearing it from clients as well, too. I've seen on the news, there is some tie to COVID here. I, I'm not sure how that relates, but somehow, you know, you've been cooped up with the same person for a long time, you know, not being able to go outside. You, you probably got a grass is always greener <laughs> mentality now too. I don't know. Not not trying to make light of it, but somehow COVID is impacting the divorce rate and that divorce rate is spiking pretty intensely. So I kind of want to talk to you guys about working with divorced couples because that's the neat thing about death and divorce Typically, there's the sale of a house associated with it. This is your chance to see us in person. Join us at the ICC Summit along with the real estate industry's top producers as we gather together on the central coast of California for a weekend of masterminding, productivity training, and networking that you won't forget. Visit iccsummit2021.com to learn more and use promo code PODCASTEARLYBIRD to get 20% off your registration. Register at the link in our show notes before spots are filled. That's the only silver lining, I think. <laughs> but, you know, short, so there's a couple things we could talk about with regards to divorce, since there's so many of them. A, how do we market to them? And B, how do we handle them? How do we work with divorce couples? Anybody have any tricks or, or tactics for either that they would care to share about best practices for working with divorce couples or marketing to divorce couples anyone 
Anyone? I I can say something. It does. With one. Hi, Brian. Let's um, hear it. I've sat with both of them. They were friends of mine. And I made it very clear that because they couldn't be in the same room together, that I would be, um, I just kind of laid it out the way the whole thing was going to work out from the get-go. And told them that they were both going to be treated, you know, equally. And they would both be in the loop about everything. Once I told them everything, the way it was going to be played out, they were okay with it. Hey, I like what you just said there. I want to stop you on one. I like how you put them in separate rooms. That's called caucusing. Okay. And this is something from like a mediation or an arbitration technique where they actually start two parties that are adversarial in separate caucuses. Okay. And they put them in different rooms. So you kind of, if, if they start fighting and pointing fingers, which, which often happens during divorces, people can't see eye to eye. You actually put the ideas, Hey, you're going to go in here and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to kind of go back and forth. And we're going to, I'm going to kind of work out an agreement before between you. So there's not so much animosity or hostility. I really, really like that for when a table, like a kitchen table discussion starts to go sideways, you move one of them into a different room. And then you start going back and forth if they're too hostile. That that's great because that is actually a professional technique. So I love it, Des. That's good stuff. Use the caucusing method, and then you just gotta kind of absorb it in the middle and go back and forth, back and forth. So I like that. Well done. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to share about working with divorced couples? Joni, communication, communication um, in a very neutral way, not too to come off um, to either side that you are rooting for one or the other oh um, and stuff like that. I had a successful, I don't even, I think it was a referral. I don't even remember. It's been a few years back that I had the husband and wife. So I sold their home and then sold the wife a home and sold the husband a home also. So I got three transactions out of the deal. So, and I was, I was there to be helpful. I was there yeah. to make it as smooth as, as I could for both of them. But they were they were pretty amicable, you know. They'd been married a long, long time, and they were the reason they were divorcing was amicable. It wasn't, you know, somebody cheated on somebody or or anything like that. And then um, Tracy on our team had a recent divorce where she represented him, the seller, and a different agent represented her, the seller, and they worked it out that way. So. Yeah. I, I like where you started there, Joni, with the communication and how, how you have to kind of be proactive about it, especially from the start. Mm -hmm. Because when divorces start out, they are squirrely, right? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's the first thing they do. There's almost like, a, you know, they're getting into divorce. What's their biggest asset? It's the house, right? Oh, I'm going to sell the house. Like that's, they use the house like it's a weapon against the other person, right? I'm going to sell the house. And how do I threaten selling a house? I'm going to call the freaking realtor. So you're the tip of the spear and you don't even know it. Like they're sticking you on the end of a spear and shoving you in the face of the other person. That's what ends up happening, right? So what you do on the tip of the spear matters. You can either be pointy or you can be soft up there. And my recommendation is being soft because most states you're either in a community property state where they both need to agree to sell the house because they both own it, right? I mean, they own it if they purchased it when they were married. In a community property state like California is a community property state. 
The majority of states are now community property, which means if you purchase it during marriage, it's 50-50 owned, which means they're typically both going to have to agree to it most of the time, right? But even if you didn't, and one of them owned it before marriage, if they both work and they're both paying the mortgage payments, they're both contributing to the community asset. So it's not necessarily separate property, property that's individually owned or purchased outside of the marriage. They're both contributing through their mortgage payments to the purchase of the house over time. So even the person that isn't the separate owner, if part of their paycheck is going towards paying that house, they're going to have some rights to that home eventually down the road. And guess what? Most human beings don't know this. So when they call you up front and tell you, hey, it's all my house anyway, don't worry about it, screw her, we're going to list this house, you don't need to talk to her, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. They are on title. Do not assume that this person is a lawyer. Do not assume this person knows what they're talking about. If the other person's on title, you have a fiduciary duty to the other person. So pick up the phone and tell them, hey, let me, I do need to call the other person and let them know though. Okay. So I, you know, that's one of the things we're, we're, we're supposed to do. She's on title. So I got to call her. I know you hate her. I know she's a jerk or whatever she did to you and all that stuff. I get it. Let me handle it on this end, right? And that's the first thing you want to do is you want to call the other spouse. Because remember, they're often adversarial. So what do they want to do? Oh, you got that realtor? I'm going to get my realtor. You got to stop that. So that's why you got to communicate fast. You got to get in there and let them know you're neutral. Hey, John called me. I'm really sorry what's going on. The first thing I want to do is reach out there to you and let you know I'm here for you. Make sense? So you're going to play it. You got to let them know. I, hey, I, I want to let you know I'm neutral. Um, and I will do what you tell me as much as I'll do what John will tell, tell me to do. And I think we both need to come to agreement. And I want you to know I will work with both of you equally here. So you've got, do not, just because you know one of them better than the other, you still have to cross over to the other person and win their trust. Do not assume the legal conclusion that your buddy told you about how this is going to shake out is going to shake out. Typically, they're going to file a divorce and that takes for freaking ever uh, half the time. And the judge says, nope, I'm not going to let you sell anything for a while. Right? So you better have everybody's trust early and often. Make sense? Because then when the judge or the attorneys get together, judge and or attorneys, they all have agents that they're going to refer them to. You guys know that, right? They all have agents that they're going to refer them to. You need those two, buyer and seller, to say, we've already got our agent. We're cool on that one. Because that's going to come up. We're going to sell the house. Who's going to sell the house for you? Well, I've got a neutral agent that can represent you guys. Well, I've got a neutral agent that can represent you guys. No, no, we're good. We've already agreed on someone. That's when your name needs to come up. Every divorce agent has one, two, or three go-to real estate agents. You better have a, a, a family law attorney. If you mm -hmm. don't, you're doing something real wrong in this business. Joni? Uh, another thing to point out to them, because most of the time they are at, you know, odds, is the, the end game, what they're trying to accomplish, that they want to get on with their lives without each other in the smoothest, right. most equitable way. 
um, to get there, you know, but you've got to remind them because they get caught up in the minutia of I hate each other um, so yes. much that it's like the end game is we want to get the house sold. We want to get everything settled in a smooth, equitable way that your attorneys, you know, agreed with. And I'm here to make that happen for you. And I like that. Let me add to that, Joni. You could also assure them that you will work directly with their attorneys for them. Right. The first thing I would do is ask for their attorneys' names and contact information mm -hmm. so that you can reach out to them and work with them. Mm -hmm. They will both want you in touch with their attorney. Now you can go to the attorney and say, hey, I'm you know, going to be selling their house whenever you guys tell me to sell it. No rush, but I wanted to reach out and make sure I'm, I'm available to you. Now you've got yourself all twisted up in their business. They're not going to undo you. You see what I'm saying? Like you're already cool with the attorneys. You're cool with the other party. You're knee deep in this thing. Brian, so you're, 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 even if it takes two years, you're cool. Hey, Al. Making, uh, let me make a comment on that. Making contact with the attorney also ensures that the attorney doesn't suggest a realtor that he already has a relationship with. Right. So making contact with the attorney at the very beginning uh, not only ensures that you're washing the windows for them, like we talked about, yeah, yeah. but it also helps you avoid that, that attorney mentioning uh, John from wh whatever realty that he has worked with in the past. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Thank you, Al, because that's true. Like I said, the, the, the attorneys are two or three deep on, on agents they can refer to. And guess what? I mean, they get paid for it and they're allowed to get paid for it. Makes sense. So they, they, they can actually earn income by referring agents to you or to your clients. You do realize that. And it is someone's Albert. I think you're talking, but you're muted. I just learned that today, Ryan. Nice one. Oh, really? Nice. Uh, so an attorney that's not licensed can actually accept commission from a transaction in a, in a referral, even though they're not licensed to do real estate. Correct. You can pay the attorney. You can pay them outside. Like after, you know, you don't it doesn't have to go through a brokerage or anything like that, but an agent can oh. pay them on the side. Number one. Number two, many of them are licensed for that reason, because that way they can get paid directly out of title. Uh, Number okay. three, there's a third way to pay an attorney. And it's usually a referral partnership. Okay. And I remember when I sold real estate way back before the freaking internet or anything, you know, half of you were born. I used to get a ton of business from attorneys um, and I would give them business in return. So I would always tell, I mean, I would approach attorneys. I'd, I had two or three family law attorneys for divorces. I had a wills, trust, and estates attorney. Uh, I had a probate attorney and I had a real estate law attorney and a, just a general litigation attorney. I had all those attorneys and they were mine, my people. And I, and I referred as many clients to them as humanly possible. And I told them, I said, hey, if I wanna keep giving you business because you're part of my vendor network, if I give you a lot of clients and refer them your way, will you refer your clients that want or need to buy or sell real estate to me in the future? And they'd always say yes. So it was a huge chunk of my sphere of influence. It was my vendor group, which is a separate group in my, my SOI database that I refer all my people to them and they'd refer them back. And guess what? Other than accountants, I don't think anyone has more power to influence someone to sell a property than an attorney. If they say you need to sell that property, if your attorney tells you you need to sell a property, you go sell it. It's that, you know, or a judge through the attorney tells you to sell a property, you're going to go sell it. 
or you're in contempt of court. Like if, you know what I mean? If if the divorce attorney says you need to liquidate the property, you're going to go sell it. So they're the easiest clients you've ever had. There's no deciding. They just come to you. I have to sell. See what I'm saying? So you have to have a network of those people. And the way you get that network, the way you become the person that Hal is afraid of, or not afraid of, but you know, is trying to avoid, uh, is you reach out to them and say, hey, man, I, you know, I get clients all the time that need a real estate attorney, that need a family law attorney, that need a, a will and a trust done. Could I refer clients to you? And they'll say, yes. Say, hey, great. Hey, if I were to refer a significant number of clients to you, would you have any problem with referring your clients to me in return that need to buy or sell a house? They're going to say no problem at all. You give me business, I'll give you business. I, I'm yet to hear a no on that one. There you go. And now, anytime you see someone in your office Facebook group say, I need an attorney, refer them. And then you call the attorney and say, hey, I got one coming your way. Pretty soon you'll start getting listings. You would not believe how often you can refer people to attorneys, but you got to build a spider web, a network, a referral web of vendors. And there's nothing more important than attorneys and accountants. They are the most important people in that web because they influence a lot of people to buy or sell real estate. Brian, a uh, question. Is there a uh, typical fee or slash percentage or whatever that you they've seen noticed that other realtors are using in order to cooperate with these attorneys? Actually, the typical is zero. The typical is to do what I just said is to do a referral okay. partnership back and forth. But um, yeah, 25, 20, if there is a fee, it's usually 25%. That's just, a, it's like a referral fee. Thanks. Hey, Brian, quick question. Yes. So you mentioned that, uh, um, a lot of states uh community property so even though the spouse is not on title it would still be um it would still go 50 50. if if they purchase the property while they're married and the spouse is not on title still going 50 50. okay you bet because you bought it during with community assets which are money that you guys had in the bank you bought it And everybody knows why you didn't go on title. You didn't go on title because you wouldn't have qualified for the loan. So they just kept you off. Doesn't mean you don't get it. You almost always get it. Make so, sense? Can I ask, um, they can list, uh, one party can list the property. Absolutely. But in the end, it's going to take both of them. That's And right. I had, that one, I had one gentleman trying to, you know, undermine the wife and... I kept on saying, no, in the end, we have to have her on board. And it just, you know, until like we were going back and forth, almost like, and then I, he finally broke and he's like, okay, okay, okay. But um, yeah, so just the, some of these people. One can that. list, but you're right. You're going to need both the, both the sell typically, both the sign off. And I recommend getting at least one signature than getting the other one later. I mean, one's better than none. So long as you don't upset the other one, by getting one signature. That's why you got to do that quick communication like Joni and I were talking about. You got to reach out there and, and make sure the other one knows you're on their side and that you'll wait for, you know, instructions from their attorney, ask for their attorney's contact information so they know that they're, you're with them too. Mm -hmm. And that heads off that referral relationship in a big, big way. I have one comment that um, just actually happened to me yesterday. 
the um, husband is the only one on title, um, but the wife is now contesting the sale. So we were about to cancel it, but his attorney said that he could go ahead and sell so long as he held the proceeds in an escrow account, and then they could just fight over the proceeds. So the sale could be completed. So I thought that was a, a decent solution for us realtors. <laughs> you know, why don't you suggest yeah. that, you know, or at least make sure that that's correct with their attorney at that point in time. Yeah, I think that that can happen, but the other spouse could also stop that closing. Well, she, she's not in this particular case. She's not on title. If it's if it's a divorce proceeding, oh, file like a les pendants or something. Yeah, if yeah. it's a divorce proceeding, they could say, "Oh no, no, no! I want I don't want you taking that money, and and uh, I don't trust that you're going to keep it in a uh, an account for me later. I, I think you're going to take it and spend it on your you know new girlfriend in Spain and take it out of the country. So we're going to stop the sale." until we come to an agreement on the amount of proceeds that I'm going to get out of the sale of that property. So that could happen. But I agree, Robin, what you're saying. I mean, in theory, they're not entitled. I mean, if you're the only one on title, you could possibly sign off on it. But the other spouse could certainly have it stopped in court. Speaking of divorce, that's my wife. We're still married, happily married. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, so, but that's, uh, but that's kind of the idea. It gets a little dicey. So I think you're totally okay. Um, if I were their agent, if I were my wife, I'd pick up the phone and call the other spouse and say, Hey, don't worry. We're setting up another account. The, the property is being sold, you know, and you could actually, cause you're going to, you know, you could be representing both here and trying to get the other party. Okay. With it. Because just because you sell a property doesn't mean they're not going to be entitled to the proceeds afterwards, because it could have been his property that he bought as a single man, then he got, so it's his separate property. It's not part of the community assets. Then he gets married and for five or six years, they just pay the mortgages together. That doesn't mean it's his own property because some of those mortgage payments were contributed by her funds that she contributed while she was married. So some of the community funds went to pay off and buy that house slowly over five years. So she's entitled to some of the proceeds and that's called tracing ownership equity through community property. So there, it's not black and white, whether it's community property or separate property, there's actually some gray in there. And that's why attorneys need to be involved. And we don't want to be saying too much about who gets what, because we're not licensed to practice law. We're there to sell the house. But it because there's so much gray, that's why we always need to be trying to get both sides kosher with uh, with each other with you i should say not with each other with you we need them both to be okay with you because the waters are always very muddy if that makes sense so for those of you guys that are doing facebook ads okay candace is gonna light up watch candace you're like oh and then uh, so for those of you guys that are doing facebook ads that are, that, are, that are that are marketing through them i want to show you some cool ways to because right now it's divorce you know it's divorce time like we are in a generation of divorce there was a baby boom and now there's a divorce boom that's happening post COVID. Like everyone's so uncomfortable with each other. So all these divorces are happening. You can actually market to them, which is kind of funny. So I'm going to, I guess it's not funny, but let me show you some Facebook ad copy. Look at this Facebook marketing here, right? 
Divorce is difficult enough without stressing about selling your home too. These five tips will show you how to sell your home fast so you can move on. Five tips to getting it sold and moving on. This, this positions you and then you can download like a home buyer's guide to selling at a divorce, which don't worry, I'm gonna give you that in a minute, okay? So this kind of positions you as the divorce expert, okay? So this is, you're like an ambulance chaser now. You're going after divorce A's. This could be a dating technique for some of you. Who knows? I don't know. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, um, just trying to help out with all aspects of your life, okay? So this is you positioning you as that divorce expert, right? I'll show you a similar ad copy for targeting after uh, divorcees. Same thing, divorce is difficult without stressing about selling your home. Sell it fast. This is more direct. You're saying, I will sell your house. I'll sell it faster and I'll sell it easier. Here's a free guide, same free guide. You're just being a little bit more direct saying, I'm gonna sell your house faster and easier as opposed to saying you're the expert. And again, they download a free guide type of deal, okay? Those are two very common Facebook ads for generating leads of people that are in divorce, which means there's a very high likelihood that these people are going to need to list their home. So these are Facebook ads that are actually targeting listings, which is pretty rare for Facebook ads. Usually they're buyer side, right? Okay. Now, how do we target divorcees so that we know that divorcees actually see them? Well, I think most of you know how to do Facebook advertising and Facebook targeting. And if you don't, it's really quick when you when you run your Facebook advertising targeting, you just go in there and you click demographics, homeowners, and you want them divorced or separated. Yes, they do go after separated too. They know when you're about to get divorced. And then you exclude renters because we want homeowners and we exclude people that are married. Isn't it amazing? You can totally discriminate this way, but you totally can. Divorce, you know, familial status does not have anything to do with discrimination in, uh, in marketing. So yeah, you can actually target ads at divorced and separated homeowners and exclude renters that are married on Facebook. It's freaking crazy. Even though the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says you cannot discriminate based on familial status, and so does the Fair Housing Act, we can totally do it on Facebook. Make sense? So that is how we target it on Facebook. Then, if you want to get real crazy with it, you can create a quick landing page. And I'll give you an idea of what some of these landing pages look like. Here's an example of like copy of three different landing pages. If you want to get real tech, you don't need to. You can just have them download. But if you really want to go a step off somewhere and just create a landing page off an existing website, here's three different types of landing pages. Number one, getting a divorce is hard. Selling your home. This is, by the way, these were made by uh, another company I should give credit to. They're, they're people. This is Tyler Zay, um, Easy Agent Pro uh, websites. Um, he's a guy I've worked with for years, so he lets me do this. Um, they're, they're great websites. Uh, getting a divorce is hard. Selling your home shouldn't be. Get the answers you need to make your home sale easy in this difficult time. And it's a little squeeze box here. They're asking for your name and last name and your contact information. And then you get the free download here. So they didn't just click on it on Facebook. Then it takes you to a landing page where they're going to gather some contact in for you, information from you, like forced registration. Then they're going to finally give you that free home buyer's guide. Okay. Same thing here, a different way of saying it. These are the five things you must know before selling your home and divorce. 
going to get some contact information from you first. They've got a lead that, they, that you can follow up with in the future, that you can nurture in the future and ultimately convert into a listing. You get an email. We can look up for them on different information sources. We can retarget them. If we have their email address, we can retarget them on Facebook as well too. So getting their email is the most important thing, even more important than a phone number these days. And then most importantly, I would say that the third landing page ops, uh, option is probably the most effective because it's video. If you can bring them to video of yourself, that's way more powerful. So that they, if you come to a landing page where you're watching streaming video and they're clicking that button, very, very powerful. Because now you've actually got your face in front of them. They see you, they're not afraid of you. It's almost like you're growing that relationship for them as well. So that's what landing pages, that's, that's how you, and that's this is Facebook retargeting guys. This is just how to Facebook retarget uh, divorced people. And then if you want the home buyer's guide, I'll show you what that looks like too. How's that? I'll give you all this. It's pretty popular right now. Preying on divorces. So this is a uh, Microsoft, uh, what do you call it? PowerPoint, right? So you got to edit it and put your information on here, but it's just a PowerPoint slide um, where you can kind of click through and it's got a bunch of just generic stuff that they need to know about selling their house, right? Just general considerations that really work in any state they're totally, I mean, we're talking, this is as generic as it gets. There's no branding or anything on it. You just need to do some editing on the first couple pages and some contact information on the last few pages as well, too. So it's a little PowerPoint that you can save as a PDF and download an email to people, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll give that one to you as well, too. If you want to have a free giveaway, and that's called content marketing, guys. When you market on Facebook or something, you want to always try to give something away to get people to give you contact information. Now you have a lead of someone you know that's thinking about getting a divorce that, that's a possible listing, and you can slowly market to them because they've, you know, in exchange for, you know, giving them the guide, they gave you contact information. And so now you can continue to use that contact information to market to them. Marisol asked, how do we get it? Well, here's how. I'm going to put it in the chat room. So that is loading. It's a big file. It's a 9.53 megabyte file. And that's popping in there. And I'm going to put the ad copy in there too. So you can copy some of that ad copy as well too. I'll be doing that as we're talking. And again, that's how you retarget with Facebook ads. Um, Facebook, you know, Facebook ad retargeting is actually very easy. You just need a database of email addresses. And you can actually intake. If you had a list of email addresses for a neighborhood, let's say, or maybe your SOI, you can import those, or let's say upload those email addresses into Facebook and then run ads back at your own database that you gave Facebook. That's why they call it retargeting. Very powerful. So any database, this is, this is us trying to collect a database of, you know, divorce, people getting their divorce. We know they're about to list. You could go after, you know, if you get a list of everybody that's going to die, you could go after the obituaries. Agents used to do that. I, I never did. <laughs> but go after people that are dying because you know that someone in their state's going to have to sell it. But your SOI will work that way. A farm will work that way. Just a list of people. You can run ads that are targeted right at this group. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Trainer Podcast, sponsored by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. For more information about real estate coaching or to watch my training videos, check out therealestatetrainer.com or join our Facebook called The Real Estate Agent Roundtable. Thanks again.